What's the sweetest part of the fingernail? The cuticles. It's Schmanners. husband host Travis McElroy and I'm your wife host Teresa McElroy and you're listening to Schmanners it's extraordinary etiquette for ordinary occasions hello my dove hello dear how are you I'm doing well um I'm I'm Mm. (laughs) oh getting introspective so the the thing that we're talking about Uh is actually a thing that you talk about on Twitter all the time all the time yes not all the time. Well, a, a lot, lot of time. A lot. I talk about it on Instagram all the time. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, we are talking about manicures and pedicures. Now, I should say right off the bat, I'm going to be transparent with everyone. I have had a lot of manicures in my life. I have never had a pedicure. You know, I was in that boat. I was for a very long time um, because I have very sensitive feet. The reason I have not gotten a pedicure, uh, two reasons. One... I almost never wear open-toed shoes or sandals. Like, people don't see my feet. Two, I have a thing about doing something I've never done for the first time. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not alone in this. It's hard to just jump in. Right. You know? There's something about if I don't know the, the, the ins and outs of the process, if I'm not comfortable with the process, it's really hard for me to do something for the first time. Yeah. Um. Then once I've done it once, it's like, oh, okay, let's do this, right? I think that one of one of the pearls of wisdom that you give often <clears throat> is that you say, this can't be the first time this has happened to someone. Yes, absolutely. So like the the manicurist and pedicurist, the, the salon employee has done this so many times and has had so many people in their chair for the first time. Yeah. That it it really it it's it's staggering. I think. Yeah. So at this point, I would say the the thing stopping me from getting a, a pedicure is no, no it is at this point not reluctance or anything like that. It's just like I'm waiting for an occasion. Okay. You know, like we'll be somewhere, we'll go on vacation, or we'll travel for tour or something, and we'll be somewhere that has like a spa or something, and I'll be like, oh, okay, now. But like I said, like I never wear shoes where people would see my toes, so I just never think mm-hmm. about doing it. Whereas a a manicure, I tend to do those, well, now at home for myself a lot more. But, like, anytime I'm doing a live show or an appearance or anything like that. Um, and, and, frankly, I love them. And can I tell you why, Teresa? Why? I love, I love <laughs> um, the process of making the decision of, like, I am doing this. For myself, it's 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 a double benefit. One, okay, okay. I like to make myself feel worth it, mm-hmm. and two, it feels like uh, art, like putting on your armor, right? Sharpening your sword. That's yeah. all very aggressive, but like it reminds me of when I grew up doing theater, and like when it was time for the show. You know, you sit in front of the mirror and you do your stage makeup, and you're getting in costume, right? That's how I feel getting ready for live shows or getting ready for appearances or conventions, right? Like, this is my getting ready. This is me preparing 
for this and like that's it's just part of my process at this point yeah i i totally get that there is something so satisfying as to be completely put together and ready for the thing that you're doing um i will also say I like getting compliments on it. <laughs> when, well, here's the heart. Here's well, the can heart. I tell you my favorite story about this? Um, so I was getting ready for the premiere of the My Brother, My Brother and Me TV show, right, in New York. And so, you know, I was getting my hair cut and, and I was getting a manicure. And it was like two or three days before the, the premiere. And this older lady walked by and put her hand on my shoulder. And she said, congratulations. Good for you. She walked away and I thought, how does she know I have a TV show coming out? (laughs) And it wasn't until later that I realized she was like, oh, this brave young man, comfortable enough to get his fingernails painted. And like this, that just did not occur to me whatsoever. I was just like, oh, yeah, my TV show. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm very proud of it, too. Thank you. I hope you like it. It's on CISO. There's a (laughs) scene where I touch a spider. Um, So let's talk about manicures and pedicures. Yeah. But first, let's talk a little bit about the history. So, like a lot of stuff, people all around the world have been taking care of their fingertips. Is this the kind of thing where, like, I could see this being a thing of, like, it began independently in a lot of different places instead of being able to pinpoint to, like, one region? Indeed. Yeah. So lots of origin stories. The Greeks have their own origin story where Eros was considered to be the first manicurist. Um, Wait, Eros? Eros. Mm-hmm. Like E-R-O-S? Yeah. Like Cupid? Sure, yeah. Okay. But like Roman Cupid, right? Or Greek Cupid? Greek Cupid is right. Eros. Okay. It's said that he's the first manicurist because in the mythology... He cuts Aphrodite's fingernails while she's asleep and then throws the clippings onto the beach where they turn into precious gems. Okay. I think that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool, but I've thrown my nail clippings around a lot of places (laughs) and that's never happened for me. Yeah. Um, Also, this can be pinpointed back to ancient China as well, Mm -hmm. as you were talking about how there's a lot of different kind of points of origin. Um. Because this seems like a lot like makeup and, and, and like, clothes, right? It seems yeah. like I can logically see how a lot of different people would come to it without having to see someone else do it and be like, oh, okay, that's, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it doesn't quite seem like an invention to me so much as it's a logical yeah. progression of, like, well, we, we put makeup on the face. Maybe we can put it on. So, like, I could see how it would begin in a bunch of places. And then from ancient China, wherein they used things like egg whites and gelatin and beeswax, sometimes even crushed flower petals for color. Um, I mean, that wouldn't lend a ton of color, more like tint. Yeah. Right. Um, It is said to have then traveled through trade routes, through uh, Mesopotamia and Babylon and Egypt. And eventually to Italy again. Um, And a lot of these places. Did you hear about the ancient culture that wouldn't stop talking? No. It would just babble on. Uh, Hey, I'm a dad now. Okay, go on. The the color of your fingernails and the general kemptness of your fingernails was related to social status. And I think that. Totally makes sense. 
that completely makes sense. Um, even in some places, uh, the highest of the social elite were encouraged to grow their fingernails to enormous lengths to, again, symbolize their, their you know, sort of, um, you know, they weren't laborers. Right. Uh, right? Like I, I would say that that kind of de facto still occurs. Like, I, I uh, the first time I painted my fingernails, I was still working uh, as the technical director at Sensi Shakes. And, like, I couldn't do it on a regular basis because mm-hmm. I was doing stuff that was, like, you know, breaking my nails and, like, would scrape it right off if I did it. So I didn't really start doing manicures until I quit that and went into, like, full-time podcasting, which, and this might shock some people, is far less physically labor-intensive. <laughs> I'm not, like, lifting heavy audio tracks to put them in place. <laughs> so I'm able to do my nails a lot more. Yes. Um, so these, the nails of, like I said, the the Chinese noble noblemen and such, um, often were even, like, cast in gold to protect them i think that's really cool so like you know how you would you would cast a kind of mold right and then you would it it looks almost like little like little slip-on shoes little (gasps) slippers like caps like you would put on a cat's claws yeah yeah that that's a better visual isn't it uh, for I don't the know. nails. I think you were doing a great job. Oh, thanks. With my little finger slippers. Well, it's just hard because <laughs> you were doing very uh, descriptive hand motions that I feel like people at home couldn't see through the microphone. Right. Um, right. But you did. You did say one thing that I do want to touch on, which is for I would say most of history. I'm going to assume, but I'm pretty sure I'm right that this was not a well female people pay that and male people don't like this was it was all status women and men and and everyone painted their nails if they had the status to do the, right yeah what's that thing man same thing in ancient egypt all the pharaohs it's the same Females with like makeup and, nails. and like lace and peacocking and like you know fancy ruffled things and like nice ugh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't until like the 1930s and 40s of this like men are men and stop stop hitting the desk. I know I just hate You're that so stuff emphatic. so much. Um, so then if we speed up to like the 20th century, um, we've got like the I I should actually say the 19th century. Um. Nails are mentioned in etiquette guides from the 1800s. Um, and like a lot of things, you were supposed to put in a lot of effort, but not make it look like mm-hmm. you had the effort done. Like, you mm-hmm. know, the no makeup, makeup look. And that was. So this was probably a lot of like clear varnish and a lot of yes. like. Yeah. Well, you were supposed to use a little lemon juice and vinegar to whiten the nail tips. Right. So. You could kind of like buff them, right, and shine them up, and then they were just supposed to be—they were supposed to look pristine, but not look like you've done anything oh, to it. These? Oh, but oh, these? Oh, I mean, I guess they do look very healthy. Yeah. And this was when, like, the makeup industry, the commercialism started happening with things like polishers buffers crystal stones emery boards hand and cuticle creams like it was all part of this like taking care of your nails 
but again, you had to have money, right? Yeah. If you had, if you wanted to look like you hadn't done anything to your nails, you had to spend a lot of money doing stuff to your nails. So, so when did that change? When did it, when did it become like, hey, you can go to the drugstore and buy a bottle and do it at home for yourself for like three bucks? The 1920s. Okay. Um, which was when car paint gave the basis for <gasps> colored nail enamels. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that cool? That is cool. Um, and so... It is a shame that that happened right around the exact same time it became, quote unquote, weird for guys to do it. Yeah, well, guys because in they, Hollywood were always doing it. Right? I mean, natural looking nails, again, they weren't encouraged for other colors. It just but, seems like such a great tie-in if you were like, paint your car and paint your nail. Like, such a missed opportunity, huh? Yes. Yes. Um, but there were really only a few colors to choose from. Again, they were marketed mostly towards women, reds, pinks, um, and anything really too bright or dark was kind of frowned upon. Because it was too scintillating? Yes. Well, you know, those flapper girls. I don't oh, know. sure. Did flappers paint their nails? I, I probably. 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 Um, so then if once we go up to the 50s, a lot of more colors were introduced. Um, and this is when the salon kind of atmosphere really mm -hmm. started to diverge. Um, whereas before, you would probably have a manicurist come to your home, right? Now, hairdressers mm -hmm. and salons were starting to offer the service. Um, and then in the 70s, there was the acrylic nail, um, which could build a nail where there wasn't a nail, right? Is that, I've never done the like, uh, you know, kind of press on acrylic nails. Is that mm -hmm. in any way like damaging to the nail underneath? You know, I am not a nail tech, so I don't know the specifics. I do know that some um, types of fingernail adornment are deemed better for your nails. Some are deemed worse. Um, there's a kind of debate on the internet as to whether or not nails, quote, breathe. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen a lot of people make some really good points that, no, of course they don't, because that's they're, it's that's like saying your hair breathes. But I also, maybe, it, I think it is possible for nails to dry out. I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't like I'm I not. said, I'm not a nail tech, um, but I do agree that having your nails constantly buffed um, can damage the nail surface, thin it out, um, and also some of the chemicals that we use in removing nail polish and other sorts of acrylic stuff, those are also damaging. I will say this is another thing too, just so long as we're touching on this, don't uh, like sand your nail to put nail polish on it. One, you don't need to do that. And two, it's very damaging. Like, you don't have enough bumps and lumps or whatever on your nail that it's going to mess up your nail polish and it doesn't make it stick better or anything like that. You're just, don't, don't sand the top of your nails. That doesn't, don't, no, don't do that. Okay. Um, so here's one of the things that I definitely want to touch in as far as like modern manicures go. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of looking around to find a salon that is owned and operated 
by mainly Vietnamese-descended people. People of Vietnamese descent. Sure. Um, And there is a reason for that. So Tippi Hedren visited a Vietnamese refugee camp in California 40 to 50 years ago. And when she was there, there was a lot of talk by the women of the camp about her long, polished fingernails. It seems that um, that they were they were quite a sight, and what she did was she flew in her personal manicurist to teach a group of twenty refugees the art of manicures. Uh, these were mostly women, and they were mostly the wives of high-ranking military officers. Um, and what happened from that is this entire kind of lineage of of people the original like 20 people from that camp who have gone on to corner the industry and it's it's amazing um because the industry now is worth about eight billion dollars and like i said it's dominated by vietnamese americans um and the whole thing is like so tippy hedron was really trying to help these women make you know make their way for themselves you know and so she brought in seamstresses and typists and anything they she brought in a ton of professionals in order to almost make a school for them and the thing that everyone kept coming back to is they wanted to do nails well, that's super cool. Yeah, it is. And Tippy Hedren helped them get jobs all over Southern California. Um, and there's a really cool museum that she has, which is, uh, well, I mean, it's on her property next to her home, um, which includes her Hollywood memorabilia and some of these photos of the women at Cap- Camp Hope um, and the awards that she's been given. Right. It's pretty cool. Um, so before we go into questions and thank you notes, I want to say that these days, another like here's the thing, I feel like you have less and less excuse to not do your nails if you want to, um, no matter where you fall on on the gender spectrum, on the gender wheel, the gender, mm, the gender universe. I'm gonna go with that. No matter right. where, no matter where you are in the gender universe, um, because it's Especially now with, like, nail art, nail stickers, nail decals. And there are also these, like, they're basically, like, nail stickers, but they're actual polish. Mm -hmm. So, like, they stick on and then you take them off with regular nail polish. You can do it in, like, ten minutes. And, like, it takes almost no expertise or skill. I did it in the car this weekend. Yeah. I I, (laughs) Literally, I can do it while, like, on a phone call. You know what I mean? I can do it while – I've done it while recording podcasts. (laughs) Um so if you wanna, you should do it. And I'm gonna do a little plug here, except it's not for me. Um, if you go to Espionage Cosmetics, um, and there's a link that Schmanners we will uh, tweet out, and use the coupon code uh, Fantastic, like Taz, the Adventure Zone. So F A N T A Z T I C, you will get 18% off orders of uh, $15 or more and uh, a percentage of your order goes to the Trevor Project uh, where I'm partnering with Espionage Cosmetics 
uh, to raise money for the Trevor Project. I make no money off of this. So let me be clear. This is not for me at all. And it's completely coincidental that I'm doing this thing and we're doing an episode about nails. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. So if you want to save 18%, uh, on your order of $50 or more. Like I said, I will tweet the link uh, to click on from Schmanners and you will use the coupon code FANTASTIC. Um, so go check that out. And yeah, um, speaking of sponsors and stuff, well, let's do some thank you notes. Schmanners this week is sponsored in part by Sunbasket. Sunbasket delivers delicious meal kits right to your door, making healthy cooking easy and convenient for any busy lifestyle. They have really fresh, really great, um, a lot of organic produce delivered to your door. And the great thing about, about this meal delivery service is they have 18 healthy options to choose from, which include things like paleo, gluten-free, a... Um, a line they call lean and clean, and even vegan dinners. Last night for dinner, we had a simple soul and a farro salad, and it was uh, soul poached in like milk and basil and lemon zest with like a lemon juice and olive oil, uh, like drizzle over a kale salad with grapes and farro and olives it was amazing and can i tell you bb loved it she sure did she was slamming it and <laughs> yeah it's really good food um, and it's really easy to make because it all comes so all the ingredients except for any protein uh come in its own little paper bag that can be recycled and they're all together there's no like digging through your drawer you take the bag out you get your olive oil, your salt and pepper, and you're there. I mean, you have to defrost whether a protein because we and you have to like make whatever. it. Don't eat the raw uh, food, please. <laughs> Some of it's raw though. That's Some true. of it's good. That's good true. Raw. Um, and like I said, they have all of these really great meals: gluten, lean and clean, vegan, Mediterranean, family options, all this stuff, and they're each ready in about thirty minutes. So you can have a home cooked meal cooked in your home for less in less than an hour fantastic so you should go to sunbasket.com slash schmanners and you can get 35 dollars off your first order again sunbasket.com slash schmanners get that 35 dollars off at sunbasket.com slash s-h-m-a-n-n-e-r-s Teresa, can i tell you about a website i made please do i made a website called buttercupisaverygoodgirl.com and on it. What? You did? I did. And I'm just realizing now I haven't told you about this, but it's a slideshow of pictures of Buttercup that people can go and look at. Wait a second. Yeah. Buttercupisaverygoodgirl.com. Uh-huh. Um, it's got an FAQ on there. Uh, it has an about Buttercup section. There's a game section that Griffin maybe put on there, but there's not ever going to be any games on there. Um, and it's just a little slideshow of pictures of Buttercup. Oh. M-G. Yeah, I told you that you can go and look at and see how cute Buttercup is. Oh, so nice. Right? It's great. And here's the thing. I built it with Squarespace. It took me about 15 minutes. Um, and oh, that's our little picture of us. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cute. I know. It's a very, it, it is a very good website. And Buttercup is a very good girl.com. Um, 
So on Squarespace, you can showcase your work, you can blog or publish content, you can announce an upcoming event or special project, and more. For example, you can build a fan site to your dog <laughs> if you want to. Um, it has beautiful, customizable templates created by world-class designers, powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything online, everything optimized for mobile right out of the box, and a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions. It's free and secure hosting, so you don't have to worry about a thing. Teresa, tell me how you feel about buttercupisaverygoodgirl.com. This is the rest of my day. Yeah? Oh, my God. Did you check out the FAQ? Oh, no, I haven't. Go to the frequently asked questions section. Okay, okay. <laughs> Will you read them out loud, please? It says, who's a good girl? Good question. Buttercup is a good girl. Who's a good girl? Well, as I said before, Buttercup is a good girl. Is Buttercup a good girl? Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. There you go. So if you want to build your own fan site to your dog, you can go to squarespace.com slash schmanners. That's S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code schmanners to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Check it out and make your own buttercup is a very good girl.com. Beloved Maximum Fun Star Trek podcast, The Greatest Generation, is going out on tour. We are bringing Greatest Gen Con to a bunch of cities in the U.S. and Canada. It's our big tribute to slash send up of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. And we have a big leg coming up. Yes, we are raising our legs on a number of cities <laughs> in the coming weeks. We're going to Washington, D.C. on August 23rd. The Bell House in Brooklyn, New York on August 24th. Mass Mocha in North Adams, Massachusetts on August 25th. Pittsburgh on the 28th. Boston, Massachusetts at the Wilbur Theater on the 29th. Atlanta, Georgia at the Earl on the 30th. Ferndale, Michigan at the Magic Bag on the 31st. Those are some great big rooms and some great big cities. Ben. And it's a really fun show. It's accessible even if you haven't listened to the podcast yet. We can't wait to see you when we're out on tour. Check greatestgencon.com for dates and ticketing information. And Khan is spelled K-H-A-N because Wrath of Khan. Greatestgen, K-H-A-N dot com. I can't hear I myself, but I'm assuming These are real podcast listeners, not actors. And they uh, hey, thanks for coming. Here's a list of descriptors. What would you choose to describe the perfect podcast? I mean, vulgarity. Dumb. Definitely dumb. And like, uh, right here, this one, meritless. What if I told you there was a podcast that did have all of that? No. Jordan, Jesse, go. And it's free. Jordan, Jordan Jesse, go? go? Jordan, Jesse, go. Jordan, Jesse, go. A real podcast. That's amazing. Yeah, I thought you would like that. Um, so we have some questions here. Um, let's see. This is from Anna. I dislike when the person doing my nails cuts my cuticles. How do I go about asking them nicely not to cut my cuticles without sounding rude? This is a problem. Well, no, this is a, a question we encounter all the time. Asking for what you want mm -hmm. in a clear and concise way is not rude especially especially with stuff like this where this is a service industry right mm -hmm, where like mm -hmm. they want to give you the experience that they that you want you know what i mean it's exactly. like getting a haircut and right? they would rather that you that you say something and come back right than not say anything and and 
like and tell all your friends that it was a terrible experience right like like i said a haircut right you wouldn't if you said i don't want them to give me bangs you would feel comfortable saying that right Right. you wouldn't be like how do i say just say like uh and if you could not cut the cuticles thank you very much i mean you can even just say don't trim my cuticles today please yeah um done this question is from stasa sure um tipping please advise Yes. Like you just said, this is a service industry. And so within the service industry in in the United States, tipping is usually 15 to 20 percent. And I would suggest that you do just a touch of research, figure out how much the service you are going to uh, going to buy is, how much a 20 percent tip is ahead of time and make it easy on yourself and have that in cash. Also, um, because a lot of places don't take credit card tip. Um, and I would say that this also is uh, some results may vary depending on your location. Like here in the U.S., tipping. If the question is, do I tip? The answer is probably yes, like 99 percent of the time. But that's not always true in other countries. So especially if you're going to visit someplace, um, I think it's always safe to Google. Do I tip a manicurist or pedicurist in blank whatever country you're going to visit i would also say that if you are getting this service done in like a hotel spa atmosphere um you can ask the concierge you can you can pretty much bet that if it is an english-speaking hotel in another country you're probably expected to tip this question is from uh silly soul Many pedicure places have lovely people who want to engage in small talk, but I always sort of just want to zone out, read books, or listen to podcasts. How do I politely signal that I don't want to converse, or am I in the wrong? I I think you are perfectly within your rights to experience your uh, your pampering, however you'd like to experience. I would say that it's a little easier to do your own thing with your book or your magazine or your podcast when you're getting a pedicure because... You are sitting in a chair that's usually a little elevated and the nail tech is at your feet instead of right in front of your face. Um, so with a manicure, I would suggest that um, you kind of bite the bullet a little bit and exchange the pleasantries. But as long like as long as you're kind, I don't think that you have to ask about their life. You don't have to divulge any kind of like intimate details. Just just the pleasantries are fine when you're getting your nails done. And if you're listening to your podcast, um, I suggest that you don't have the volume so high that you can't hear what the nail tech is saying. Because, or you do like one ear off. Yeah, one, one ear, ear off, off or yeah. something like that because they're, they're probably asking you things that have to do with the service. Yeah, I would say that if you... If it would make you feel more comfortable, this is what I would do. I would, one, speak in statement and then ask questions. So I would say, like, I am going to finish listening to my podcast. Is that all right? Or, like, I'm right in the middle of this chapter. Would it be all right if I read my book? You know what I mean? Sure. And, and the answer is probably going to be yes. And, you know, at worst, if it is for some reason uncomfortable, don't go back to that person. You know what I mean? Like, you're not locked into going to this manicurist or pedicurist every time. And once you find somebody that you like and that, you know, kind of matches your vibe, 
go back to that person. I have a person that I kind of stumbled upon at the salon that I go to who I really like. And so she is who I go to whenever I need this done because I already know what her energy is and I know that it matches well with my energy. Um, this question is from Sadie. So I have bad hearing and trouble understanding words in many settings, but this problem is especially prominent in a salon. I know this is a me problem, not a them problem, but how do I explain that I can't understand them without coming off like criticism or xenophobia? And I will say, Sadie, I have this problem as well. Um, I can't understand accents of any kind. Like we went to Scotland. It was very funny when people would speak to Travis's face and he would turn to me and I would answer the person who was speaking to Travis. Like I have problems with every accent I've ever heard. I have to say, excuse me, <laughs> like I'm, and I think it's because in general I'm a terrible listener, and not that accents are hard to understand, but that in real life I only listen to about every other word that he anyone says. Just gives up, I think. Yeah, very much so. Um, so I think that for me personally, part of it is like listening. Mm -hmm. Um, also saying excuse me, like excuse me, what is it? And a lid. Okay, here's the two things that I will say. One context clues um but also too the more i get a manicure done the more i do it you understand the process and the steps that you're at you know what i mean and it's like okay cool yes i know what the, i know what oh, you're so, asking so you can kind of guess at what they've said right yeah um so one i think it's okay to say excuse me i have them repeat and two, I would suggest answering in complete sentences and not just saying yes or no, but saying, like, this is the color I would like. And if that's not the answer they were looking for and not the question they were asking, they will ask again. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that way you make sure that there's no misunderstanding. I would also say that you are not the first person to walk into a salon and and have difficulty hearing. And I think that you can say without lying that you have trouble hearing. You have hearing difficulties. And I think that that's, that's perfectly fine. And when you make people aware of your situation, then they can help you. I will also say that for me, I've also found that a smaller spa experience, a smaller salon experience, because mm -hmm. there's places here in Cincinnati where it's like kind of mega salons. You know, yeah. you go and there's like, 40 tables set up and yeah and there i can't understand any i can't hear Teresa at that point like i'm i'm very bad at discerning individual voices in general um and so like going to some place where it's one-on-one -on -one or there's like a smaller number of tables mm -hmm. operating i found that is better for me for my experience i mean and that's the thing once again it's a service industry and so like you're going for your experience so like find the experience that is best for you, you know what I mean? And and then go with that. Um, this is from Caitlin. When is it too late to tell the manicurist you don't like the nail color? Um, I believe that it is too late once the manicurist has finished one hand. See, I would say that if you're unsure of the color, like it's a color you haven't done before, or even if you're like only 95% sure, I would say before they even start, like, could I see what this looks like? And they'll probably do like one nail. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you can say like, oh, yeah, I love that. Right. And they'll do the rest of them. But I think you you are right, because a lot of the times they'll do like one coat mm -hmm. and then move on to the other hand and then move back to the first hand. And so once that one coat is done, you're like, you know, I thought this was going to be bluer. 
um, is there any way that we could try something else? Right. And Certainly. if you do that, I also think it's important in your head, just like tick up the tip a little bit, you know, sure. like I made them do extra work. Um, this is from Shark Witchy. Is it actually OK to bring your own color or a picture of what you want? Picture of what you want certainly is okay. Um, I often request a half moon manicure um, because, I, I mean, I like that aesthetic. Because you like it. Because I like it. Um, and I sometimes have difficulty explaining what it is. So with a picture on my phone, show the picture, and I say, I'd like this, please. And they go, can do, right? Um, bringing your own color I think really varies on salon, but the worst that they can say is no. Yeah. And you put it in your bag, you know, so take it with you and say, can you use this? And if they say no, you're like, all right, I'll choose a different one. Right. And at the very least, if you bring it and then say, do you have a color like this? Right. Certainly. And then you can match that. But I, I and once again, this helps that I have now built a relationship with the person I go to. That, like, I feel comfortable bringing in my own stuff. One, mm -hmm. because she's done it before, so I know she doesn't have a problem with it. And two, I know that if she, you know, didn't want to use it or whatever, I would trust her and, and understand what, you know, why she didn't want to do it or whatever. So, like, sure, whatever. Um, so this is from Andy. I've never been for one, but I'm interested. But I'm not really sure where to start or what to ask particularly as a big hairy man living in his second language. So where do I start? Um, well, the first place I, I would start is to go on an off time. Um, so not after work, um, not during the weekends, um, because you're more likely to have an empty salon and someone who won't mind walking you through it yeah. because you're the only person there. And so there's there's no like time crunch. Uh, if you if you can't make it at an off time, I would say make an appointment. A lot of these places do walk ins, but they also do appointments. And you can say this is my first time. You might have to do a little extra as far as like trimming them up. So, you know, I need I need a full appointment. And Generally, pedicures take about an hour, a little less, and manicures about a half an hour. So plan that time. And, and plan I think that after that time. Help. Yeah. Because it'll take a half an hour, and then you want like a half hour of drying time, right? So what I do is I book my uh, manicure appointments, and then right after that, a haircut. So I can sit there underneath the cape, right, with my hands on my lap, with the nails drying when I get my haircut done. So that way I don't have to worry about messing it up, getting in the car or whatever. Yeah, you know? sounds great. Um, but I would also say another uh, piece of advice is, Andy, if you can find a friend who has done manicures before and like someplace that they like. Um, yeah, get good recommendations. Yeah, go with them. And like, because here's the thing, I'm always more comfortable doing something for the first time with someone who's done it before. Yeah. You know, so like find somebody to go with you. And here's the thing. This is something that I will uh, do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. <laughs> Whereas, like, you know, it's only your first time once. And then after that, you've done it before. and You don't have to worry about it. Yep. So, like, that first time might be uncomfortable and you might be confused and you might, like, feel out of place and you might feel. But, like, then the second time you do it and then the third time you do it and, the fourth, and pretty soon you're just a person who does it. 
Because this was the thing. This uh, there's another question here from John, which is how do I, a guy, get comfortable with this? Gone with my wife multiple times, frequently feeling on edge the whole time. And so here's the thing I will say: when I started painting my fingernails, I was so ready for somebody to treat it like an affectation. You know, like why? What are you trying to? Why are you doing that? Like, are you just trying to get compliments? You but here's the thing: everybody wears nail polish I think for the same reason because they think it looks good yeah right and so the answer to both of these like how do you feel like you belong you do belong because you're there because you went and you're doing it like you're doing it and that's that's like, it that's not, all you have to do <laughs> you're not going to get kicked out they're not going to be like wait why are you pretending like you're a person who gets your nail like you are there and you're paying <laughs> them to do it so you are and like you don't need to wait for someone's permission to get it done because you're doing it for you and because you think it looks good. And, like, looking good, nose, no gender. Um, let me see. One more question. Okay. This is something that I have dealt with uh, many times. Mish asks, do I wait for the person to tell me to leave or do I leave when I feel like my toenails are dry enough? I never know when to leave when I'm sitting at the drying station. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I know this feeling very much. Okay. Um, So once you leave the manicure chair, manicurist chair or the pedicure station, like they don't care about you anymore. You're done. You're done. You can stay at that drying station as long as you want. And I recommend that you stay there for 20 minutes. Park it because you paid for these beautiful nails and if you mess them up on the drive home, you're going to be sad. Yes. So they do, like someone might come by and ask if you're doing OK. And people do that so that you feel better. They don't care about you anymore. Yes. They're on to the next person. So stay there as long as you want. Um, and if you stay less than 10 minutes, I'm afraid that you are going to be sad. Because you are going to nick your <laughs> nick your nails. And let me give you, okay, this is some good general advice. One, if you can, pay ahead of time. I mean, right? yes. And a lot of a lot of good nail techs will ask you before they put the polish on to get out your money now. Right. And so, especially since I go to the same place every time, I like to go ahead and prepay so I don't have to worry about fumbling with my wallet, reaching into my pocket, or anything like that. Right? Pay, and I'm done. I can walk out. Um, two... If you are parked at a parking meter, make sure that there is enough time on the meter when you go in so you don't have to, like, fish in your pocket for quarters or anything like that. Two, have your keys out of your pocket or your purse or jacket or whatever with you ready to go. Like, all of these things, because your nails will dry, but that's not the same as them being cured. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. it'll be dry to the touch, right, where you can touch them and they're not tacky. But if something scrapes along it, it'll still, like, dig a line into it, right? Yes. Or tear a chunk out so of it. So take your time at that dry bar. Do you need to, like, like I said, once you're out of their chair, they don't care about you. Yeah. And, like, as long Which as... Which is wonderfully freeing. <laughs> as long as the whole place isn't super crowded, you can, you know, put your bag or what your jacket or whatever you brought on your lap so that you're not taking the room on the bar for other people. And... And chill. You deserve this time. Take all the time you need. And in fact, I would say that it is, if you can help it, don't plan something right after. Mm -hmm. And like, 
if there's like a bar next door or a restaurant or a library or a movie theater, you know what I mean? Like do it and then do something afterwards that doesn't take you walking around or using your hands or whatever and just make a day of it. <laughs> Treat yourself. Um, okay, so that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much. Um, let's see. There's so many other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. You should go check them all out. I also have a new show uh, that I just started with my friends Amy Dallin and Erica Ishii, and it's called Positivatini, and you can find Positivatini, which is like positivity, but E-E-N-Y at the end, Um <laughs> And you can find it on iTunes. It's on Pocket Cast. And these are mini-sodes, right? Yes. So it's messages of hope, inspiration, and positivity uh, in 10 minutes or less. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Our first episode uh, was called What is Positivity? And our next episode coming out Wednesday is called uh, Picking Your Battles. Uh, So check that out. Um, Also, real quick. I'm going to be at Dragon Con um, doing photo ops, and you can find tickets to that at macroyshows.com slash tours. We are going to be in London on September 8th. We're super excited. It's our first time. We're going to do, like, the first half of the show will be, you know, a topic, and then the second half of the show will be, like, audience questions for specific advice. Um, You can get tickets for that at bit.ly slash London. Tickets. And if you will be there, please submit your topic ideas. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Tickets for that are going really fast. It, uh, there's only about, I think, like 40 seats left. So if you want to come to that, get your tickets now. Bit.ly slash Schmanners London. Um, I am also doing a, another Cincinnati Underground Society show here in Cincinnati on September 23rd. The lineup is bonkers incredible. You can get those tickets at bit.ly slash cuss, C-U-S-S, September 2018. Um, and also, we are doing a Schmanner show along with Travis and Friends, which is like, at this point, 15 amazing people uh, <laughs> at New York Comic Con. Um, you can get tickets for that at uh, bit.ly slash NYCC. That's going to be October 6th. Once again, trust me, the lineup is bonkers incredible and uh just go to macroyshows.com slash tours there's links to everything there including including a uh sawbones book tour event that you should get tickets to in october uh will you put buttercup's thing on there will you will put, I put a link butter- no just go to buttercup is oh, a very good girl.com okay. all right um <laughs> let's see what else who what else do we normally say here well we always thank brent brental floss black for writing our theme music and that's available as a ringtone where those are sold we thank kayla m wassell for our twitter thumbnail art go check out her portfolio it's very good and we also like to thank keely weiss photography for the cover no the banner picture of the fan run facebook group and i just want to say that those fans do a really great job um all you know, giving good advice when advice is asked for. And you should join that because it's fun. Uh, So that's going to do it for us. Join us again next time. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manner Schmanners. Get it.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.